Greetings and welcome to the Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I facilitate friendships, personal growth, education services, and also serve as host for these podcasts, offering openness and caring through the gifts of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we experience and explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. Recently, I had the pleasure of teaching a class to the membership of our local senior center. Each class focuses on how an individual could learn and use some aspect of wellness psychology to develop a more healthy and positive lifestyle. This specific class encourages each of us to understand our basic life position. So, let us join this class and learn more about how you and I manage psychological games. Psychological games. This is the fun part, and this is what keeps psychologists busy. If you ever want to know how psychologists make their living, it's understanding and helping people work through psychological games. Psychological games are like every other kind of game. Games have structure. We can't play games without some kind of structure on how to play them. Otherwise, we wouldn't know we were playing. A second thing that all psychological games have in addition to structure is they have rules. Every game has a rule on how it's to be played. A third point that's characteristic of every psychological game is that they tend to be competitive. We're playing. It's a very competitive situation. Whenever you have a competition, what do you generally always want? Winner and losers. Winners and losers. Every psychological game has to have a winner, and somebody has to lose. Because if we were going to have lose-lose, which is this one right here, remember, we're going to play this game, and you're going to lose, and I'm going to lose. If we get to the first one where we have a win-win, maybe, I can win, and you can win. That would really be neat. Then we could both feel good. Or if we're not going to, neither one of us wants to win that way, we both want to lose, we can reinforce the fact of how lousy I feel, and you can make sure that I'm understanding how lousy you feel. So there are winners and losers. The last is that every psychological game has a payoff. You get a payoff for winning, and you get a payoff for losing. Otherwise, you wouldn't play. And the course that we're doing this afternoon is our talking about our power of choice. We get to choose what game we're going to play and how we're going to play it. But we want to have a payoff. We need almost something like the equivalent of a trophy. Not all of them are come in trophies. Some of them come in a variety of other ways, usually in feelings, attitudes, behaviors, But the need is that we must have somebody win, somebody lose, and we must have a payoff. Most psychological games 
are generally played between parent and child ego states. If we have intimacy, we can generally work toward getting to adult. Or we just might be, we reach the game of being, I want to be bored, so let's just, you know, not have any kind of things to stir up our emotions. This is where we just think. Parent and child is where you feel. And psychological games tap into feeling. Games are generally played when we transact, when we interact between parent and child. And in order to play a game, what do you need first? An invitation. Nobody wants to play unless you invite them to play. I can be up front and ask for an invitation. I really would like to attend your party on Saturday night. Are you inviting me? That's pretty direct. Well, I'm not doing anything Saturday night. What's happening in your house? You know, that's a nice indirect way. But it's, can I have an invitation? If I'm going to invite you to play, I'm going to have to give you an invitation. I can also, as we mentioned before, we can play games with ourselves, self-talk. For example, like as I say, if I want to have a pity party, I can really, you know, crank up one and talk myself into how bad life is or how much I ache and leave is not doing anything to take care of it or how expensive medical care is. The games tell us whether we're going to play a parental role or child role. Playing itself has several aspects that I'd like to focus on. One is to understand the transactions that are taking place and the life positions they reinforce. If someone is inviting you to play soccer and you want to play baseball, that's not going to work. Now, someone who wants to invite you to play a game of, Lord knows I tried. This is when you want to work with kids that aren't doing things you think they should. If you want to play a game like that, then if you invite them to play the game called Lord Knows I Tried, and they are not wanting to play that one, they're going to decline the invitation. And then what choices do you have? You can you try again. Maybe they didn't hear you. Or, I was really all primed up to talk about my uh, ungrateful grandkids, how they never send thank you notes, and how they always got their head stuck at a computer, and they don't pay proper respect to their grandparents like they should. And I can really go into a litany of those. But what if you don't want to play? So I have to invite you to a game that you want to play. If I want to interact with you, I can go back to withdrawing. I can say, eh, you're no fun. I can go and say, well, let's go into a ritual exchange of talking about the weather. Or isn't it really rough on the streets in Fayetteville now with this repaving project and having to bump your cars over? You know, we'll go through the ritual of complaining about that. Pastiming. We could, do, we could go to the senior center and attend a fascinating class on personal growth or something like that, do an activity. But if you want to have a game, you got to get the other person accept your invitation. One of the things that the, so far I've talked like, most games are above board. We're straight with each other. I look at you and I talk, do you want to play baseball? And you say yes or no. With psychological games, very seldom is somebody going to come out and ask, do you want to play a psychological mind game with me? I've got to invite you. But generally, it's not going to be above board. This is where that 
the time whenever you've had that feeling, you've walked away from interacting with someone after a period of time and you wonder, what happened? Boy, you know, I felt pretty good before I met this person and I spent time with them and now I feel, ugh. Generally, what has taken place is what we call ulterior. When you listen to the invitation, for example, if it's a game that you've played a lot before, you generally don't need an ulterior motive. But maybe somebody knew, and you want to make sure they can't accuse you of playing a negative game, so you make it ulterior and say, I didn't say that. Oh, I think you misread my tone. Always easy to recognize when someone is inviting you to play a game that you're going to walk away from and not feel comfortable with? I could give you a really flippant answer. And the flippant answer would be, psychologists would be out of work if it were easy. We could meet for 50 minutes a week for weeks and evaluate what are the games that are helping you feel the way you feel. What are the games you're choosing to reinforce your basic life position? Whatever life position it is, you're saying it's not working. You know, Dr. Phil, if you've heard of him on TV, his famous question is, well, how's it working? You say, it's not working at all, or I feel lousy, or I get headaches all the time. Well, well, headaches, why are you getting headaches all the time? Because I am trying to pretend that I'm being gracious, helpful, and happy when I'm actually miserable and unhappy and unsure. That's enough to give you a headache. So to answer your question, the answer is no. It, it, there isn't an easy way. Does it, it, you yourself, as you learn more about yourself and what life position you think you might be in and think about it more, does it get a little bit easier for yourself to recognize when you're starting to fall into something with somebody that traditionally you know plays games? Well, let me ask you that question. If you go through something more than once, is it any easier the second time? Well, sure. And the third time? Mm -hmm. And the fourth? Yeah. The question is how to learn how to redirect it. That, no, that's, that is key. How you relearn. What you're doing is you're relearning then. But if you have been invited to play and you walk away from that person feeling really, maybe there's a knife in my back somewhere. I can't see it, but boy, it sure does feel like somebody slapped me with an emotional knife. Then probably you have learned something about, maybe I'm a little, gonna be a little more cautious around that person. Have you learned how to cover every game? No. Have you protected yourself from ever being involved in games? No. The way you're gonna do that one is go back to withdrawing. If you wanna interact with people, you're going to have the opportunity to play. The power of what I'm talking about here is that you get to choose. I believe the information that I'm sharing with you and you read in books or you read on the internet or you learn any other source, your experience. By the time you get to be 50, you've certainly had a lot of experiences in life and you hopefully have learned a thing or two. And you learn some things that will really help you feel good and seem to produce positive attitudes and feelings in your life. Or you've learned some things that you can guarantee will be a downer. If you're in a I'm not okay mode, regardless of which one it is, you just go into the vast repertoire of experience and say, you know, I can always call Mary Jane. She's always down. 
I said, we don't say it that way. We'll say it like, Mary Jane has a realistic uh, approach on life. She puts things in perspective. And one of the things you'll notice about people who call themselves realist is that they tend to perceive negativity. They perceive it faster than they perceive positivity. I, I don't know whether they get more verbal about it, but it seems like the ones who have the positive mode tend to be more reserved. It's something I've wondered about in my years of why we can't get more excited. But I guess that's why I call my podcast Power for Positive Living rather than Power for Negative Living or How to Live More Miserably or How to Really Be Unhappy in Five Easy Steps. Payoffs are usually psychological in nature, but they can be physical and they can have outward behavior. For example, permission to cry, have a good sobbing, soaking crying party. Or you can give yourself permission to go out and hug everybody you meet and just feel how good it is to be in contact with human beings. Or you can go out and put yourself in a situation like driving 285 and expecting people to drive rationally. <laughs> and then you can get angry and you can have every justification. So what I'm saying is, once again, the payoff, while usually psychological, can be outwardly physical. But winning takes place, as I said, when there are winners and they're validated. What we do in psychology sometimes is called, any of you remember the days of the green stamps? Oh, yeah, I do. You remember those, how you take them and got them and everything, and you stuck them in books, and then you, you cashed them in, redeemed them for prizes. S&H, one S&H. Yeah, S&H green stamps, and, you know, and transactional analysis has taken the same concept, and we call them psychological stamps. For example, if I am wanting to collect some depression stamps, I'll get into situations that I know can reinforce my depressive feelings. Why I feel blue. Why the days are so short. Why someone let me down. You know, all the kinds of ways I can choose to focus and collect some blue stamps. I mentioned driving on 285. If I want some red stamps, I can get them for anger. If I want to feel virtuous, then I can click something called white stamps, where we get purity if you don't get a chance to really feel good. But they are all for, uh, it's not because I'm being good, it's because I have, I'm okay and I've proven you're not okay because I've proven you're not okay, I get the white stamp. You get the, whatever color is the stamp you're collecting. So once again, we talk about it as though that if that my stamps, just like the old green stamps, if I collect enough of them, then I can redeem them. I can have a full-fledged anxiety attack. I could have a depressive situation. I could have a blow-up. I had all these expectations of you, and you didn't meet any of them. What do you mean you don't know? Well, let me tell you. I have remember back in 1977 when you didn't do this, and then there was 1983 when you did this and this, and then 1992, when, oh, I've got really lots of good reasons. I've collected them. These are ways in which we can play various psychological games. Winning at a psychological game is when my basic life position is validated. When I cash them in and I can validate whatever position I want to validate, I get to choose. But when I play enough games, and I collect enough payoffs, 
trophies, stamps, whatever you want to call them, but I get enough payoffs, I'm going to cash them in. Once again, just because you win does not preclude you from having the opportunity to replay it over and over again. I mean, just because I've proven you not okay one time doesn't mean I can't come back for another encore. Because my stamp book needs more of, I am okay. And there are some who, if you're talking to a two-year-old child, it can be healthy and appropriate. When the child is 20, you know, you have to start thinking, well, you know, who is this game for? I mean, am I really trying to help guide this person or am I back into a game of validating my life position? After all, we as human beings like to win. As long as I can play these various games and get my life position reinforced, collect my stamps and get my payoff, I'm winning. What are some games that we play? I'm going to just mention some of them, and I think you probably will recognize them because these are just ones that have names. Not every game has a name, but boy, do you recognize the dynamics. Once again, what does a game need? Winner and loser. It needs winner and losers. Rules. Rules. It needs rules on how to play it. Structure. It needs structure so we'll know what we're playing. Because once again, if you're on one game and I'm on another, it's not going to work. And payoffs. And we need payoffs. We need to have somebody who wins and somebody who loses. Or in this case, we can have two losers. One of those is the God knows I tried. This is a chance for me to feel vindicated that you screwed up your life just because you didn't listen to me. I'm whatever I am, 70. Think how much valuable and how much knowledge I have. How many years I've lived. I know a lot. And boy, did I try. I tried to teach you. You wouldn't listen to me. God knows I tried. I did try. Stamp. Winner. Me winner, you lose. Being helpful is another game. Am I helping you to help you or am I helping you to reinforce my perception of how saintly I am and being a helper? This happens a lot with parents and children. <laughs> there is a belief in psychology that most people like positive strokes, for example. Most of us like to be affirmed and we like to be liked and very few of us thrive on people scowling at us or calling us nasty names. But once again, what happens if I'm in one of these I'm not okay modes, and I come up to you, Kate, and say, you know, I'd like some positive affirmations, but I don't know how to do them. And you say, sorry, I don't know what to help you. I could either give up, I could try, or I could fall back to another game, which is called how, if I can't get my positive strokes, let me get, see if I can collect a few negatives. Because one thing we know about people too, is we like to win, yes, but we also don't like to be ignored. It would be much better if you were to tell me how wonderful and inspiring this class was. But I can make a decision that if I can't win positively, I will win negatively. But the key thing goes back to I will win. I learned very early in my first year of teaching that my students were determined to get my attention. Who are the students that you notice first? The superstars, the bright ones. Who's second? The loudest, most annoying. Troublemakers, <laughs> annoying, you got it. Those are the second ones. 
If they can't win learning social sciences, which is what I was teaching, if they weren't going to learn that way, they were not going to be ignored. The third category of students you get are the ones who choose the withdrawing or the let me do an activity that'll please you and get by so you don't ever notice me. The first one is I'd like to win. I'd like to really have you adore me. Second one is if I can't have that, I will make sure that it's negative. I will get your attention some way or the other. So I may play a psychological game called driving you crazy. You know how people go like, Not saying a thing, but they found a way that they know they can almost just tell by looking at you, by your body posture and your facial expression, that if they can just tap that pin enough, or maybe they'll do it just. <laughs> and just, just, you know, different ways enough so that it becomes enough to drive you up the wall. That's another type of game like walking on eggshells. These are people who, I'm so fragile. Please don't confront me with my egotistical behavior. Please don't tell me I'm driving you crazy with that. After all, I'm fragile. And if you don't know, I've had all these things happen to me and I'm miserable. Please play along. I'm not okay. I'm depending on you to make me okay by being kind. Another one is maybe going crazy, losing my mind. I'm going to do things that will just drive you up the wall. I may tell you about the last 10 years of how life has really been miserable to me. Well, I try, but you know, I just never have any luck. You know, I have not won the lottery in 20 years. I just can't imagine why, but it always seems my car needs repairs. The point in this is that we as individuals play various games, and as I say, there are dozens of them. My point here this afternoon has been to make you aware that one, it never gets really easy to spot them real quick. But once again, once you're in, if you live long enough and are around enough people, you recognize the invitations when they come out because they just have standard opening lines. It's kind of like, oh, you noticed my baseball mitt. Huh, then maybe we're gonna play a game of baseball. But if I come in with, say, a sour face, and I go, what do you wanna say? Oh, I have been trying so hard for so long, and this has not gone right. And, this is, and first thing you know, uh, I am trying to talk you into the same miserable mode that I'm in. I may start off with, I'm not okay, and you are, but if I'm fortunate, I may get us both feeling bad. When I set this up, I had no illusions that you would walk out of here with a structure of recognizing every single psychological game. But if you ever get into certain feelings and interactions with people, you're going to go back to things like, that sounded like an invitation. That sounded like uh, I'm being set up as the okay one here and you're the not okay and I'm supposed to do something about it. You can almost start feeling these things. Ah, I'm not quite sure exactly which game we're gonna play, but it sounds to me like we're into game playing. We have left the activity. We certainly aren't into intimacy. 
and maybe past timing has gotten dull and boring and so forth. So well, now I'm going to play a game. The point is, you have choices. You get to choose. And I believe it's your choice. And if you want to give that power to someone else, that's your choice too. This is your friend and host, James Huey. I hope that this visit with a recent class of mine at our local senior center has had some value for you for your own personal self-study. I thank you for listening to me on this podcast as I share viewpoints from my own experiences and my own beliefs about wellness psychology. These podcasts are my gift to you, my listeners. Your positive feedback sent via email is always appreciated. The email address is powerforpositiveliving at gmail.com. Please join me next week as we continue to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. I encourage you to nurture yourself as the unique individual that I believe you are. Until next we meet, I remain committed to power for positive living and friendship. Good day.